You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. All right, well, welcome to the Fraternities Live Call, where members of our community celebrate wins and share crowdsource wisdom to work through conundrums and achieve uncommon growth as men and leaders. I'm your host, Ryan, joined by my co-host, Philip, as well as several other men in our community. Gentlemen, good morning. Welcome to the call. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you guys all here. So we are in week three of our deep dive into emotional intelligence or EQ. So this morning we'll finish up exploring some of the chemicals that affect our emotional intelligence, as well as some of the practical skills that will help us elevate EQ in our marriages. Uh, But before we do, let's kick things off by sharing some wins or conundrums. Hopefully at least a couple of you guys have some wins from from Mother's Day. Anybody want to step up to the plate? Well, I gave the whole entire weekend to my wife, Paul. She was in Branson, so with their uh, college roommates, so that was really good. She had a good time. Good for her. Nice. Then we came you- back at dinner on Mother's Day. So yeah, yeah. What'd you do with the kids? Anything fun while she was gone? Uh, no, just watching a puppy, pretty much. So oh yeah, the puppy. <laughs> Dash. The conundrum. Dash right. <laughs> Yes. Yep. Nice. Oh man, how's that going? Uh, it's going. That <laughs> <laughs> is overwhelming. I'm sure, dude. They have like razors as teeth in that age, like yeah. razors, pins. Yeah, they do. Needles. Everything. Oh man. Sorry, man. Huh. Well, you're one day closer. How's the potty training going? Well, that's the struggle right there. Some days. <laughs> have to watch him like every second <laughs> uh, or else like you'll like go right now it's like awesome <laughs> man's yeah. best friend that's right it's funny i heard a message a pastor one time said like sometimes getting a dog isn't for you it's for your kid's happiness and i was like oh that's helpful <laughs> you know like <laughs> puts in perspective for me for our holiness, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome that your wife got to have the, the whole weekend to herself. Good for you, man. And you have a dog and you're still making the morning calls, man. That's that's a win right there. Yeah. I remember one MVP. of our friends never got out of the oh. dogville. We, we, we miss there. you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> he lives yeah. on in spirit. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Any we, other Any other wins or... I will uh, give a shout out to Chris shout, you know, he's like, my wife has it all planned out. She goes to her, her parents' house and I saw them on Sunday morning and she was like, you could just tell she was recharged, refreshed. She felt great. So that's a huge win. I know he's not on the call, but yeah, she looked like Chris uh, after the cold plunge, just glowing. That's right. Glowing. 
right. Looks like he's joining. <laughs> oh, uh, my, someone's ears. My recording. win was uh, I wrote her a letter or a card telling her how much I appreciate her for who she is and what she does as a mother. And Saturday, I went to the grocery store, went, bought all the food, planned all the meals. And so she was very much impressed. Like, she was like, wow. So, so far, we have not had to go to the grocery store. And we are on Wednesday. So, so far, it's a win. So Nice, man. Good job. Yeah. So, what's one of the what's one of the meals that you're you like to make? Um, I like making barbecue meatballs. Okay. Um, it's basically um, it's it's basically like meatloaf, but it's in like meatballs or like a like in a muffin pan, a muffin can, whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah. And it it tastes way better. I I don't like meatloaf that much, so. Yeah, I've made a similar thing. I use this app called Meal Lime, and you can save a bunch of your favorite meals. And one of them is like, they're like mini meatloaf, kind of. Mm-hmm. And I think just like having it in a smaller instead of just like a big slab, <laughs> slab, it's a little more appetizing and is more flavorful. So yeah, I think I've made a similar thing. Good for you, Tom. Good work. Yeah. What else you guys got? Wins, conundrums. I would say a, a win on on my end. So my wife is, what is she at, Vesley? Is mommy think she's thirty eight weeks uh, pregnant? So we're gonna have we're having our third, um, and so I have two boys, um, and so just getting these cats outside and giving mommy some time to put her feet up and um, just be able to do what she wants to do, because um, usually she's at home with the with the boys. So. Um, that was a good good for her to get a little R and R this uh this past weekend. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Good morning, Wesley. Weeks. Welcome to Say the good call, morning. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you're, the fir- you're the first you're the first kid ever on the call. So this is wow. a momentous day. Momentous. <laughs> good to have you here. <laughs> I'm sure he's excited to have a baby sister soon. Are you excited to have your baby sister? Yeah, good. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. <laughs> that's cool. 38 weeks. That's real. That's real, man. That's yeah. Real. Yeah. Time the is final countdown time is going by quick and she'll be here before you know it. So, yeah. Yeah. Chris, how was Rachel's week weekend? Oh, it was, it was pretty good. She enjoyed it. Um, I will say though, I ended up stealing, stealing some of her time away. We, well, unintentionally we had, we had a two birthday parties on saturday uh, one for my nephew and then one for my son's classmate or whatever so Mm. um she didn't get the full full uh diva saturday all day treatment but she definitely got the the overnight stay she she her parents didn't realize she was coming or she showed up and she didn't hear anybody and then she walked back and her dad is sleeping with his sleep apnea machine on and her mom is doing a puzzle in bed like like her daughter and then uh, <laughs> and she had like unloaded all of her stuff and she even said hello once and her mom had her headphones in reading or listening to something and then uh she scared the crap out of them they're like what are you doing here 
Like, like it's Mother's Day. I'm here to spread the night. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Should have got a hotel this year, I guess. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but no, it's good. Yeah. Well, I have a quick conundrum I'll share because you guys all have wins, so we gotta gotta balance the scale. But um, it concerns sleep in kids, and <laughs> so any of you with young kids. I know James, Dad. you you even mentioned like when Dad. we got coffee, just Dad. like sleep training. Dad? So, yes. I'm actually <laughs> yeah, I so we just switched the boys to their the room last night. And so oh. that, yeah, I've been up maybe three, three, three times uh this last night. So yeah. to get on this call was a, a challenge, but I had Dude. to make it. Yeah. No, appreciate you being here. It it is like because our one and a half year old is in our bed last night at like one forty five, and I just feel these kicks in my ribs, and I'm like, this is my conundrum. So I don't know that I'm really looking for advice, more so just uh, sympathy. But uh, yeah, the struggle the struggle is real. I don't know, it's just a season because like our first our first son really didn't have any issues with it. So if you guys have any magical tips, I'm all ears. It's hard to break that habit when they start coming in, you know, like, I don't know. That's like, he's already yeah. established yeah, what he and wants. Th- and the thing with that is like, so he'll wake up in the night and I'll go in and change him and give him his bottle. And normally he'll just like go right back to sleep, like on my chest. But he started to figure out if I throw a fit, dad has to take me <laughs> and lay me in their bed where he can just like smash up against mom. <laughs> and then she doesn't sleep, sleep well. So yeah, it spirals real fast. So you have to like nip that in the bud and be like, nope. But like at 145, I'm not trying to put up much of a fight. It's like, yeah, let's just go back to bed. <laughs> but it uh, definitely affects my emotional intelligence, which is a great segue. That's right. I'll give a quick update. Last week, I was just like, oh, I'm having a rough week. But this week seems like it's better. I feel like the lack of food when I was fasting probably amplified everything to this level of like, might not have been healthy to fast that week but anyway having a better week this week and feel like i'm more clear on where what we need to do and stuff so anyway that's my update for my conundrum last week so, uh, kind of a valley but we all have to get them um okay let's go to eq so the ability to use emotions effectively for relating to people sustaining drive and making optimal decisions eq is comprised of the ability to label identify feel and understand our emotions as well as our emotions emotionals uh, around us people uh we talked about the emo- like the uh, benefits of having elevated eq last week it empowers us to express ourselves authentically with our wives kids and others gives us more understanding and control over our feelings and response to situations can help us deal with toxic stress achieve better physical health Increase our empathy and ability to understand and feel emotions of others can lead to increased life performance and satisfaction impacts all six uncommon pillars. So um, I feel like EQ is super helpful, Um, but any other thoughts on heightened EQ and benefits us as men uh, other than the ones we've already discussed? I'd say even from a a spiritual standpoint, 
think Orion, you mentioned the book Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Um, that's a book I read, read a little while ago, but basically the the tagline there is like you can't be a uh, you can't be mature spiritually while being like immature emotionally. And just like the overarching idea that God created us to have emotions, they're not good or bad. Like they just are. It's really how we understand them and respond in the moment that either glorifies God or would lead to sin. So I think even just as we, you know, pursue fervent faith, like EQ is right there with it. And the more we can have, an understanding and even just as men have a dialogue around our emotions is, is pretty rare, but very healthy and necessary, I think. Um, mm. So I just wanted to kind of share that. Was there anything that you remember from that book, Orion, that kind of spoke to you? Um, no, that, that pretty much like what I got from it as well. Um, it's just about how to understand your emotions and not to be led by them. Um, but rather just understand like, Hey, this emotion is happening. How do I express this in a way that's not negatively affecting the people around me? That's what mm-hmm. I pulled. Like my relationship with my kids, my relationship with my wife. That's one of the main takeaways that I, I remember from that book. I like the emotional side that, you know, you're feeling and being able to process through. But like, when I think of EQ, I think of like being able to feel somebody else's emotions. Yeah, And like, I don't know if there's like a, I, I remember there was a Mel Gibson movie where he could like understand what women are, th- are thinking in their head. What women want. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> right. I feel like that's like the ultimate EQ when you can like put yourself in somebody else's shoes and like relate to them before they like, or you can kind of like see like, Oh um, yeah. And I've even had times where like, I've been talking to somebody and be like, they're totally checking out right now. Like, so it can backfire a little bit, but having a good EQ of like thinking about what other people to think of other people's emotions, not just your own. And then being able to change maybe your approach or change a communication style. Super helpful. Yeah. How do you like, cause I have a hard time like understanding people's emotions. Cause I'm not a very emotional. I try not to be very emotional. Hmm. So it's really hard. He's like, Oh, this person's checked out or, you know what I mean? And can you feel that when they they are like you could be like oh they're checked out here i guess maybe a little bit sure you know like it's i think so- that's like more non-verbals and like you can see like their head like you know kind of shift a little bit like oh, okay yeah. <laughs> so what was your question so it's like how do we do that my question was like like practically uh i know i'm not sure if i can phrase it correctly but just how do you I guess you just got to be more aware of the person that you're talking with. Are you saying kind of how do you pick up on the emotions of other people more effectively? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a bunch of things as far as like nonverbal cues. I mean, of course, like being able to see someone's face versus just like getting an email. It Mm -hmm. always helps to see facial expressions. Body language is, is huge, like tone of voice. So there are those things, but I think we can even in communicating, do a better job of just asking better questions. Um, and there are, there are some skills that we've talked about before. And we were even going to look out today of like, even how do you help people label emotions? How do we help our wives label their emotions and our kids do that? And, and even just like close friends, 
Um, mm-hmm. That's super effective. Um, but then even just like communication tactics, like mirroring, which is just repeating like the last word or phrase that someone said, um, it, it, that communicates to them that you are engaged, that you're listening, you're trying to understand. Right. Yeah. And I would say like, if, if you're aware of it, I think that's the first thing, but then if you're sensing something or, or a feeling or something, maybe asking a question to be able to like verify, to get more data, to see like, Oh, that's totally what they're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like almost more of an inquisitive side of things, but it first starts by being aware of like, Oh, they're frustrated right now, you know, but like they're trying to hide it. You know, and like, so asking a question like, hey, like, that seems really frustrating. Like, how did you take that? You know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was pissed. Like, okay, like, no, <laughs> no, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't anybody know. Else, has anybody else used any kind of effective communication tactics or even just things that you've learned kind of in your own journey that's that's helped you in this area? I think for me, you know, I have hearing loss so i am very good at like reading emotions and looking at people's emotions so i just i'm just i just look at them and i can really pick up on that so i mean am i really good at like asking good questions i mean maybe not sometimes i put myself in the fire pretty quickly but yeah just i think what you said you know looking at verbal cues looking at their face you know, how to answer the question, stuff like that. That's super helpful. Yep. Yeah. It's like that whole mirroring thing. It's like your wife says, yeah, I had a really stressful day. Instead of like trying to like, why you can just even say like, oh, you had a stressful day that shows you're listening, but it also invites her to divulge more information and just continue to share Hey, Ryan here, taking a quick break from the episode to share an exciting announcement. Early bird registration for The Fraternity is now open till May 31st. If you would like to learn more and apply, visit theuncommon.com membership. Once you pay, you'll fill out a brief survey and schedule an onboarding call with yours truly. After your onboarding call, you're in. So you'll start your success path that will grant you access to our exclusive online community, including our weekly calls, a library of uncommon resources, our flagship course, as well as an invitation to attend our monthly in-person get-togethers if you live in the greater Des Moines area. Think about it. For less than a dollar a day, you can invest in yourself and start designing your compelling future. Again, this early bird offer only lasts till May 31st, so apply today and take that next step on your uncommon journey. So the past couple of weeks, I've, I wanted us to get into some of the chemicals that are kind of at play, because I think if we understand like the quote-unquote biology around it, like how these chemicals, both positive and negative, are, are produced... Uh, in certain situations, like we can make conscious decisions that will, you know, produce more of the positive chemicals and limit production of the negative ones. And so in my research, there were three that kept coming up that our body produces um, short-term and long-term happiness. Anybody have any guesses on like what one of the three chemicals might be? Can I take a guess at all three? (laughs) Please do. Yes. Two, two good and one bad, uh, serotonin, dopamine, and, uh, cortisol. You said serotonin, dopamine, and cortisol. Yeah. Cortisol is the bad one. Yeah. That's pretty spot on. So the other one that was listed was oxy oxytocin. So good job, John. Ooh, I missed Um, one. 
No, you're, that was good. I'm sure serotonin is, is at play as well, but that one didn't come up for me, but I'll just kind of go through quickly, unpack these and got some questions to kind of ask as we do. So yeah, the first one, dopamine is the chemical that most people are subconsciously trying to maximize. So like you can equate that with like the instant gratification or like those dopamine hits. So like, what are some common activities that come to mind in your own life that you either consciously or subconsciously do to produce dopamine? Cold showers, 250% increase proven. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. Waiting for it. <laughs> Go back on mute. Yeah. Roof it. <laughs> he was just waiting for that question. Yeah, I walked was. right into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I mean, I don't know if anybody's going to top that one, but any other ideas? <laughs> I was going to say for me, um, oh, riding motorcycles, but I don't know what percentage it increases, but it's got to be high. <laughs> feels way better than a cold shower. <laughs> I think that's 390%. So just yes. be, yeah. at least <laughs> I would say going for a nice run after a nice run, like in the, like in the beginning, yeah. like, oh, I want to do this, but after you feel like oh, that felt great. That yeah, good. I agree. The runner's high. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So other things like even social media scrolling, I guess none of us are guilty of that. Uh, no. Making, making an Amazon purchase, <laughs> eating delicious, delicious fast food, or, or even something Dessert. good. Like, yeah. <laughs> Crum- yeah. Crumble cookies. Yes. <laughs> now I'm speaking your love language. <laughs> now you are. Yep. I'm <laughs> dialed in. <laughs> <laughs> So the thing with like dopamine, and you guys listed a lot of like good, good pursuits of that, but while providing like short-term happiness through like the instant gratification, a lot of times it can diminish our long-term happiness, which can lead to some negative feelings like buyer's remorse or fatigue after like eating crap, uh, FOMO or dissatisfaction from scrolling social media. And um, so dopamine goes away quickly and then we kind of return to a base level. And this is a big reason why, like, obviously drugs are are very addictive and like addicts need to consistently kind of take more to push the the boundaries on that. So that's dopamine at a glance. The next one's cortisol. Does anybody know the nickname for cortisol? John, you said it was the bad one, right? Yeah, I would guess the stress chemical. Boom, dude. John is on fire. Dude, you could be doing this whole thing. What are we doing? <laughs> Yeah. So with cortisol, small, small amounts from like daily routines, like work or school can be beneficial because they motivate us to get things done. But many experts say like our kids have too much cortisol. And does anybody want to guess at like what the primary cause of high cortisol in kids is? Is it parents? I was going to say, is it us? It is. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at the man in the mirror. So surprisingly, it's it's not their peers. It's their parents. So like parents who are like sarcastic or belittle or compare their kids like to, to their siblings or even other kids or even just get angry often. Or another one, as our kids get older, even place like too high emphasis on performance. All those things can increase uh, levels of cortisol in our kids. And just feel it help makes them feel like they're on edge, like they're walking on eggshells. And so, mm. it's it, one thing it said is it's worth noting it's not the act itself 
that's primarily responsible for high cortisol. It's the child's anxiety that like the response from the parent could happen at any moment. So it's like in the back of their, their heads. So one, one question we asked when we went through our radical relationships month, when talking with our, our kids is just asking them the question, do you feel like home is a safe place for you to be yourself and share openly and honestly? And like, I think that's a great question for us to ask all of our kids, even, even from time to time, um, and be willing to like create that environment where they can do that. So yeah, long-term impact, uh, can result in children developing learning deficits and cognitive delays, you know, on a more, uh, intense scale, like having problems with substance abuse, depression, um, just making poor life choices. So that's definitely a chemical that's good for us to be conscious of. And then Phil right. can tell, tell us about the last one. The old Oxycontin. Maybe John <laughs> should tell us more about Oxycontin. So um, it's actually oxytocin, not to be confused <laughs> with Oxycontin. <laughs> Very different. John should tell us more about drugs. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So notice the bonding chemical. This is the brain chemical that is the most positive impact for long-term being. Think of oxygen. It's crucial for our health. Best way for ox... What is it? Oxytocin. Ox- yeah, it's oxytocin. confusing. Uh, is to build deep bonds with loved ones. God created us to be relational in with him and others. Uh, we should think as uh, oxytocin as a long-term play while we may not feel immediate impact of oxytocin while the deep relationships over time will experience greater joy and life fulfillment. So when I think of this, I think about like when you hear of a person that's been married for 45 years or whatever. And he's like, just keep getting better and better. You know, like I'm like, Oh, that's, really sweet when i was reading through the notes but mm-hmm. okay um what guys do what what are some things some practical things that you guys can think of that increases oxytocin in our personal life as well as our relationships with our wives and kids what are some practical things put down the phone and engage in family activities yeah um like the other night we all played ball in the backyard and I had a lot of fun. It was, I mean, I'm bad at catching, but <laughs> it was fun. And was that, was that really challenging to do or did, would you say that just took a little bit of intentionality, Tom? Um, it took a little bit of in- intentionality. I, I'm not a sports guy. My, my wife likes to play ball. So I'm like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> but um but i made the choice to really push it and try to say yeah we're gonna do it so but yeah Mm -hmm. in the end it was very rewarding because you know my daughter me and my son and daughter they're both in like blast ball t-ball and so you know just to kind of encourage that and just have them play and you know when they're playing on the team they want to be somewhat good so that they feel accomplished so yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Tom, I think that's brings up such an important point is like for us to create deep bonds with our kids, like that is going to require a lot of times doing activities with them that don't necessarily light us up, you know, as our kids get older and they develop different interests, you know, that are, that are different from our own. Like we're not always going to want to step into that, but the, I think the true reward is going to be just like seeing them light up from that 
And I think that might even create a stronger bond if they know, like, I know this dad doesn't really love doing it, but he does it because he he loves me and wants to connect with me. Anybody else have any examples of, of things they've done with their kids that maybe aren't like strong interests of your, your own, but you've, you've made that sacrifice? If not, we can, we can keep going. Summary of all these chemicals, and of course we could dive a lot deeper, but I think we'll, we'll have a good understanding is we want to decrease cortisol. We want to increase oxytocin in safe relationships. So increasing oxytocin levels in our loved ones, our wives and kids, and, and friendships, it will actually increase our own levels of oxytocin and benefit our, our long-term well-being. So it's, there's a mutual uh, benefit there. Um, we'll, we'll close with uh, just looking at some of the skills I alluded to, and we've touched on these before. The first one just being labeling emotions. So this is equally important in marriage as well as in parenting. Um, labeling emotions, even negative emotions, enables us to do three things. So, and, and even labeling our own emotions, I think that gets overlooked, but I think that's really the foundation. So doing so will allow our logical brains to regulate and process like circumstances and, and what we're feeling. It will help us hit the brakes emotionally by creating space between trigger and response, whether we're going through a stressful personal situation or an argument with our wives or a meltdown with our kids, it's going to just create a little bit of space we need to like process and react in a healthy way, which again is going to just create that, that oxytocin. Um, and then it will help us to understand like what we're feeling. And studies have shown that naming up to three emotions is a good way to get past like surface labels and arrive at the truly like underlying emotions and it says like how not to label is you want to avoid very broad labels. So you don't want to necessarily ask your your wives or your kids like are you feeling happy, mad, sad or bad? Cuz these emotions really are like symptoms of more specific emotions underneath the surface. So it's more like are you feeling confused? Are you anxious? Are you are you nervous? And just kind of asking those, helping them to and if they say no, it's like okay, well what's going on and really just helping them arrive at what they're feeling is really empowering. So give an example from like marriage. If I sense my wife is upset, I don't want to ask her like, Hey, are you, are you mad? Are you sad? But instead I might ask if she's feeling worried or anxious about something. Maybe she opens up about a relationship she's struggling with. It turns out like the underlying cause is she's feeling excluded or dismissed by a friend. So by asking that better question, I'm avoiding like trying to solve her problem or dismiss her feelings. I've actually helped her label her own emotions and understand like why she's upset. And that's just going to create a deeper bond in our intimacy. And, and doing that over, over time is, is what creates that, those deep bonds. And one thing that stuck out to me is like, uh, it's a paradigm shift. Like when we realize that our wives are upset rather than trying to like fix the problem or avoid, avoid the issue, we can actually see it as an opportunity to build a deep bond. It's like, oh, my wife's going through something. I'm not going to try to avoid it or fix it, but I can see this as an opportunity for us to grow. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. And then the last one is really just resisting the urge to avoid. So avoidance happens when someone tells us something that overwhelms us or brings up personal feelings of, of pain or disappointment. This actually happens frequently in our daily lives. We're just not always aware of it. 
So how it might kind of manifest in marriage is when our wives share a problem that they're dealing with. And because we can't immediately think of the solution, our minds just go blank. Did anybody show of hands? Anybody ever feel that way? <laughs> yeah. They share something and we're just like, oh man, I don't, I don't have the solution. And maybe they're still talking, but we're in our minds. We're like, what do I say to like fix this? Instead of just like truly hearing what they're saying. I'm definitely guilty of that. Does anybody have like a, I'm trying to think of like an instance in my own life where I tend to experience avoidance. And the thing that came to me is like having strongly opinionated friends or family members, especially like in the, in the uh, arena of just unsolicited political opinions, people who are very outspoken in that. Um, when I experience that, my tendency is to go blank because I'm, I'm just trying to avoid confrontation rather than actually like step into what might be an uncomfortable dialogue and just like ask them questions and like seek to understand them and why they believe what they believe and engage in like a thoughtful dialogue. That's something I'm trying to be better in. Um, but it's, it's definitely hard for me. So let me ask you guys this and we'll kind of wrap up with this. When we fall into like an avoidance mindset, what do you think that communicates to other people, especially let's just say like our wives in particular? I think that it communicates like we just, they may feel like it's not that important, you know, um, not, I guess the situation is not that important. I should say not them as a person, but the situation, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, we try to avoid stepping in. Um, rather, we should have like more of a mindset, like you said, to engage in that kind of conversation, uncomfortable conversation. Um, and just honestly, maybe is this just like listening and then say, Hey, do you want my opinion or you just want me to listen? Mm, that's good. Yeah. That seems like a cheat code, right? It's like, I can ask that question. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's so true. It's like, and by asking that question, maybe our wives even realize like, Oh, I actually, I actually do want your input. I actually do want you to help me kind of solve this. Or maybe it's the other. It's like, I just need you to listen. I need you to close your mouth. I need to vent. But we don't always know in the moment, right? Right. Any any other thoughts or or questions just on any of this kind of before we sign off? So clear as mud. Awesome. Well, like I said, next week we're going to wrap up this month on emotional intelligence by just going a little bit deeper into forming deep bonds with our kids. So yeah, just some of the the things for us to be aware of as as dads, kind of how we can get on the same page even with our our wives. So we're we're operating from kind of the same place, which is important. I don't know. I'm sure you guys can think of a handful of times where you've maybe disciplined in a certain way and it seems like your your wife kind of negated what you did or or even vice versa and that that doesn't work for us as as a couple, but it's also confusing for our kids, right? Um, so we want to want to look at ways that we can get on the same page and even just what are like practical skills we can can use to, yeah, create those the oxytocin um, with our kids that will really create just strong relationships, um, you know, for the rest of rest of our lives as they grow up. So thank you guys for for being on and have a, an uncommon rest of your week. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. You thank too. you. Bye, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good Bye. week, guys. Have a good week.
Thank you for listening to The Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow, rate, and review and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.